Shafee. Shafee, are you there? You boys love Mexico! Yeah! Oh yeah, we're grooving. You know what those smooth sounds mean? They mean a time once again for one magical hour of Matthew and Shaver podcast spectacular. I am Schaefer Hall on the east side of Austin, Texas. I'm joined by, you know him, you love him. He has the coolest haircut. One of the coolest haircuts out there. He's, uh, he's might, might be a fashion... Fashion victim or a fashion slave? You make the call. You make the call. He's Matthew Rampey from way up in North Austin. How you doing, Matthew? I'm still standing. That's all we could ask in these strange, strange times. So good to be here. Is that you just you just keep riding on that storm like the Lizard King you are. I know in a previous episode I made a big deal out of uh, the well of everything. Uh, specifically, I made a big deal out of the state in which I was podcasting in, both the, the mental state and then the actual like physical setup. And I was talking about sitting down versus standing and being at the shrink and sitting down. Yeah, um, yeah. I I gotta I have to admit uh, to the listeners because they want to know. Uh, I'm I've been standing the last few casts I've been standing. My, my back was a little kinked up uh, last week and I, I decided that uh, the chair I had been sitting in was really garbage for the whole back scene and I've been standing since then, so. That explains, I feel like your energy level has been high. You think so? Do you think yeah. I I really, I had chosen a, a blue plastic folding chair. I don't suppose the color <laughs> means anything, but. Uh, I, I'd, I'd chosen a chair that um, was quiet and it it really has my pelvis like tilted back and I was like hunched over. Now I, we're getting somewhere. I told you I was at a, at a little dresser, a little, you know, not even desktop height, little dresser, the marble top. And I was just hunched over the laptop and the microphone. And we, you know, we were hitting it every day. And I, so there was my computer work that I'm doing before this and then that. And I think that that had me in a bad place. So I'm standing. I'll keep you abreast of the changes. By all means. <laughs> I know the, that, uh, I know the, that. The, the pelvis angle is like a needle on a dial indicating the energy levels of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the pelvis angle. Also, uh, the title of my new album. Yeah, we needed. This. We definitely needed. We needed some new angles on this podcast. How are you doing today, my friend? Should have just gone straight for the pelvis. <laughs> do, do you? I'm doing fine. Uh, I am not standing up. I uh, I'm a little uh, lower on the energy. Uh, I did. I spent most of the day at the front page getting getting stuff ready getting mostly talking with people about executing. i cannot i cannot hear you 
executing. You know, I get it. Pause the cast, I guess. Still can't hear me. I'll have to. I must. I'll have to reboot. Oh, that was on my. I, I think. I think. <laughs> I think you were heard. Though. You were heard. Though. I'm back. I'm back. Am I back? Yes, you're back. Okay. <laughs> Let me just derail the show real quick. <laughs> All right with everybody. So, yes, uh, working on functionality on on uh, taking online orders. If you're a PO, this is really boring. Really boring, non-sexy bartending wait, stuff. Wait. wait. But I started the show with some really boring stuff, so it was, I feel like I've farted. I feel like I've farted at the party, and you, you over the bong to come up <laughs> for it, and that's what friends are for. You, <laughs> yeah. I passed gas, and you were like, "Oh, mate!" And so you just you just kicked over like a six foot bong, and then it was okay. My pleasure. Kicking over bongs. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah. Not every bongs for party is much funnier than what I was talking about. Thank you that much. Uh, so here we are once again. <laughs> Welcome back. Yeah, I think that we're gonna look back on this episode as like an off episode. The, this is don't, don't don't sit there now. Yeah, no, no. I like. I just want to. It's called foreshadowing. At least they've already downloaded it. <laughs> Listener, if uh, if this episode is bringing you down, go ahead, go ahead and skip forward or go back to if you started at seven, go back to six. <laughs> Revisiting. Go ahead and, and choose a different. And I, listen, I'll tell you why. Don't gonna, go to number two. I'm gonna. I did a I did a thing uh, today. Um, like I've I've mentioned that I'm a little ignorant of the podcast scene. Uh, you know, not a hadn't been a huge podcast listener until the whole TBTL revelation of, of 2019, and um, yeah, just not. You had to show me where the podcast app was on my phone. <laughs> I I. I'm, I knew something was going on and, you know, could see the podcasting world bubbling up, but I didn't really, I didn't really understand the, the gravity of it. Um, I saw, I was kind of just started digging into podcasting numbers this morning, just sort of statistics about podcasting. Um, Williamson County Grand Jury has... <laughs> well, news crews, see, it, it, it's, it's blown. You're showing your showing your hand early. The whole thing is blown. Our trip back up back up the highway to Williamson. Here's County. some more here's some more foreshadowing. The news cruise is going to be about Williamson County today, so stay tuned for that. Among other things, right? What? So, uh, so but you did you get some dazzling deets about pod, podcasts I see on the show sheet? Um, I did. I did. Like, you may ask yourself this. This is coming from a blog, oberlo.com. Oberlo, Oberlo, um, 
how many podcasts are there? Let me ask you, how, how many podcasts do you think there are? There are... I think this is active podcasts worldwide. 100,000. Okay, this is a lot like our metrics talk from the other day. Uh, there's 850,000 active podcasts. Oh boy, howdy. And there's more than 30 million podcast episodes. I knew it was big, but you know, sometimes when you're looking at the numbers, it's, it's dizzying. Uh, Wait, but that means that a lot of them only, there's only a couple of podcasts. So, episode, right? so actually in this little deep dive, then I was like at the Apple podcast site and would just like look, see all podcasts, you know, and then like filter by comedy and, and then it's like alphabetical and there we are in the O's, which is cool. Um, but I clicked on a couple that did seem to be like, Oh, maybe one or two episodes and now defunct. So yeah, I, I would think that there are a lot of uh, start, fits and starts out there. So you got to consider that. Um, but think about this. Um, what are the podcast listener statistics in the US? I don't know. I know that I listen to a whole lot of podcasts and that, uh, and that, a lot of my friends are the same. Uh, welcome new listener Morgan uh, up in New York. She checked in. Uh, her estimate was about 16 hours a day that she listens to podcasts. And she said she listens to a little real radio too. So that's cool. I think we might appeal more to the real radio fans out there uh, with our imaginary radio. I don't know if that's true or not. This article is saying that a survey conducted in 2019 found that 51% of the American populace have listened to a podcast at least once. Mm. So, you know, that's like 150 million people. Ask your doctor if podcasting is right for you. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to go on an all podcasting diet, for instance. <laughs> You'll get malnourished. <laughs> you can come here for the chicken soup, though. I'm yeah. I gotta be pretty close to all podcast diet these days. But yeah, there's lots of point is there's lots of fun to be had. Uh, there's lots of years out there, uh, and there's lots of time you know in which people people like to uh, like to listen to different things. Like you I, can, go ahead. Sorry, you could hit our podcast. You know, if you were a diverse sort. You know, you could listen to some classical music in the morning. You could hit our cast and you could do like a true crime podcast and then more of a, you know, comedy interview style podcast in the afternoon and close it out with some, some, you know, 70s pop rock to close out your day and get you, get you excited for happy hour. Maybe some 70s Polish pop music. Yeah. Some 70s Polish pop is good. I find 70s Polish pop is good for making out on the couch. Now, well, now what's the profession of these um, imaginary podcast listener avatars that you're building? Uh, they are, uh, they, they sell subscriptions. They sell subscriptions to questionably legal, uh, legal uh, lawyer match services. All <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Right. Plenty of time for podcasting when you got a gig like that, right? <laughs> um, I mean, I think a lot of ones 
opportunity to listen to casts have to do with their lifestyle and their occupation? Commute has so much to do commute, with it. Commute, commute, commute. <laughs> the bad three, three C's you don't want. Podcast know. marketing. Commute, 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 my friend. I used to commute. I used to live 12 miles from my work. I did that for a few years. Which, for those of you who don't know, in Austin, that's, that, that's about an hour and a half drive. Well, in the morning, it was fine. And it was, it was from south to north. In the morning, it was fine. It was a regular, like, 15, 20-minute drive. But in the, in the evenings, it would be an hour pretty easily. Um, and I, I actually got a satellite radio at that time. Satellite radio was pretty new coming out. And I got myself a serious satellite radio for the vehicle, which was great. Uh, I wish I had, I wish podcasts were huge at that time. Yeah. Look how much better the world is in the last 15 years. I tell you, I do think that podcasting has made the world a better place. Uh, well, you know, so I, looking at those numbers, I think, and this is, this is some vulnerability here, but I think, how can we compete with that? Yeah. You know, uh, and I got, I started to get a little bummed. That'll happen. Yeah. But in the face of mountainous data. <laughs> but I think like all podcasts, uh, there's a market out there for us. And we've got to connect to that market. Yeah. Do you have any insight on that? Well, we do have, we do have. Hey, <laughs> um, okay, hey, I'm, I'm going to give you a cue here. We do have. Got to make me feel better about this. We do have one new listener in the United Arab Emirates. You can't just go. Your fears are founded, my friend. <laughs> uh, I thought that you were segueing into your uh, how we're how you're going to provide the world with more positivity. I was going to save that for the end of the show. <laughs> it seemed like oh, 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 I see. I put it in the show sheet. It seemed like you were. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, United Arab Emirates. That I think that's our friend Jonathan. So hello to him. We will try to keep you updated on your local news, just like uh, just like everybody else around here. Um, and if you have any local news stories, please send them to us so we can share with the rest of our uh, pan-Asian pan listeners. Uh, we do have plenty of them, surprisingly. Um, 191 unique listeners all time. 25 unique listeners today. We are upticking on our downloads per day. Uh, back up again, that seems to, kind of like I was telling you off the air, that seems to directly and this makes perfect sense, but it seems to surround us, us dropping new episodes is when it's when we haven't dropped them in a few days, then those numbers drop off, then we drop new episodes and they tick back up again. Uh, we're at 695. We're probably going to cross the 700 mark for all-time download threshold at some point during the recording of this cast. So that's something for everyone to get excited about and stick around for. We'll blow it out for just just for that, uh, how do you feel about how do you feel about all that? Do you have any do you have any questions for me? I see, I see what you're doing there. 
You're fighting data with data. <laughs> Smart. Smart. Now, I, 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 <laughs> I'm not really daunted. There's lots, of, there's lots of ways to throw numbers around. I, I really have uh, a lot of just inane comments to make almost every day. And like we were talking about in the last episode, <laughs> this is a great conduit for that. And it helps uh, my family. <laughs> it takes pressure off my family. <laughs> so I don't have to just say that stuff aloud in the house. <laughs> if I can put it in a microphone earlier in the day, and, um, then it's just gone. You know, it's just there for for our, for our listeners. I did. I was thinking about our some of our axioms though: the three C's, communication, comedy, comfort, and we're pushing on that last one. We're we're, we're doubling down on comfort. Uh, and then there's the three R's: review, review, review. Of course, review our podcast on Apple Podcasts. And I, I wanted to. Drives traffic. Oh, over the weekend, my wife loves philanthropic action, and she had got this um, service project for her and the kids to do over the weekend. It was uh, it was like a book sorting project. It was like we got all these books, and we were supposed to categorize them and put them in these boxes and and give the number of the boxes for this. I wasn't sure what the organization was, but. Um, they were doing that. That was inspiring. And I was out mowing my lawn and I've, I decided to mow my neighbor's lawn, um, just do a little service for the day. And, um, I don't know, I was thinking I wanted to just keep the positivity going in the podcast. There's the, the, the P in positivity. I want to, I want the podcast to pump up the positivity. Okay. Basically. Uh, and I, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure what that looks like. I think that's a great start. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, us just highlighting like positive news stories, us encouraging our our friends and our listeners to I mean, that's part of what we started this for is like uh we're in an extreme situation as a, as a country, as a, as a culture, um, feedback at one magical nation, excuse me, feedback at one magical hour.com stories of positivity. Hit us up. Tell me the name of your friend again, uh, a stitch of time. Lauren Marks. Uh, surely Lauren Marks can help us pump up the positivity. Since we're, <laughs> Since it's been so exciting so far, I'd like to take us on a news cruise. Woo! News. Welcome to the news cruise. Um, should we do my story first or your story? Why don't we go ahead and do your story? Yeah, I think so. That way we can we can I'm so we can distracted. pump it up. We can pump up the positivity after this story. So, uh, oh, a few episodes ago, I I mentioned a story about the Williamson County Sheriff's Department giving 
gift cards to steakhouses for use of quote unquote good force, which was a pretty fun, immature story about cops acting bad. Um, we're back today uh, from our ABC affiliate KVU, Williamson County. Williamson County Sheriff's mugshot looks different than other inmates booked in his jail. Many people on social media pointed out that the sheriff's mugshot looks different from most mugshots taken of charged individuals. This is from Williamson County, Texas. Williamson County Sheriff Robert Chody was indicted on September 28th on charges related to the Javier Ambler case. Javier Ambler is a gentleman who died at the hands of Williamson County Sheriff's deputies. Um, the sheriff is accused of destroying video and audio recordings in Ambler's case. This, this is the one that was recorded on live PD, and then they, they somehow lost the tapes. The, the show lost the tapes, and now it sounds like uh, the Williamson County Sheriff's Department lost the, the body cam footage and any other evidence. He was booked into jail and was released on a $10,000 bond the same day. Um, Sheriff Chody's mugshot was taken in front of a Williamson County Sheriff's Office logo, as opposed to a plain background. Typically, booking photos at the Williamson County Jail are taken with the inmate against a plain light blue background, like every mugshot any, anywhere. Mm -hmm. In addition, it seems a different camera was used to capture a better quality of photo of Chody smiling in a suit. On Facebook, one user said, it looks like he got a promotion instead of a mugshot. <laughs> so, <clears throat> In connection with that other story, I mentioned how we've got a bunch of, of law enforcement uh, around here in the Austin area that want to be stars somehow, not, not law enforcement officers. And the, here it is again. Um, he thinks he's a glamour shot. Um, this is great. It, it, it follows up with a, um, here's a look back at booking photos of other Austin area officials. That's pretty fun. Um, I guess that's in comparison. So, Matthew, I think that these stories are important. I'm glad you're reporting on them. Uh, I hope that you know getting things, getting these things out in the world, will, is a helpful thing uh, in you know keeping people motivated. However, I think all what the way that this is the only way this is really going to boil down is that you at some point you and I are never going to be able to set foot in Williamson County again. Uh, I mean, I don't. I, I try to avoid it. Not that we already. Um, obviously, there obviously there are good reasons to avoid it, no matter who you are. <clears throat> yeah, be careful in Williamson County. It's, they're not playing by any rules per se up there. Don't seem to be. So there's a bummer tale. How's that for pumping up the positivity? Let me pick you guys up. Like I, have, you know, truly believe this. I think, you know, when it comes to things like climate change, it is very important for us to change our behaviors, change the way we do things, change, you know, how we, how we power our vehicles. All that stuff is very important. But when I think about the big problems that are truly facing us, you know, they are so vast that I think really the only faith I have in, th in these things getting better are, is my faith in science and human ingenuity. I think that the only way that we're going to be able to do this is 
by people thinking out entirely outside the box and finding uh, finding new ways, new science to, to deal with this stuff. And uh, BBC reports that the, the scientists found, uh, they actually found them in, in landfills. They discovered bacteria that produce these enzymes that actually break down plastic, which, you know, this, this is the big problem is plastic just, it seems like always exists in this world. You know, the thing that's benefit that that's beneficial about plastic is that it's light, it's cheap, and it keeps things fresh forever, you know, and that's good at the beginning. But uh, when it comes to throwing them away, then, you know, that's, that's a real problem. So uh, these scientists and, you know, I, I don't know how, you know, they were exploring, uh, you know, how things get broken down in landfills and they found this specific bacteria that eats plastic and also eats polyurethane. So this stuff, you know, can be fired off out, you know, into that big, uh, you know, plastic floating plastic, uh, heap in the Pacific. Uh, and so it's, it's a, it's a really positive thing. It's, it's an exciting thing. Um, I'll be really interested to see how that's applied, but I'm also very curious about what this bacteria does when it's eating all the plastic. <laughs> I was imagining, you know, they're just being so much plastic, the bacteria eats it and then, they, then that fuels the bacteria. So then there's more bacteria and then the bacteria eats all of the plastic in the Pacific Ocean. It's like, oh, what does it mean? It's this yeah, huge teeming mass of bacteria. Like, what do we eat next? We're going to eat all of your shoes. And then there's no plastic shoes left. And we're going to eat all the plastic inside your car. And then there's no dashboards left. And then, uh, and then all of a sudden there's no plastic left. And then the, and then the bacteria is like, what do we eat next? That sounds like so, a fantastic like sci-fi adventure. Yeah, I went a little sci-fi there. Um, they, they call that the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. That's that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. What's what are we gonna do when the bacteria is eating all of it, and it's found itself growing strong from garbage patch? Dude, is that a movie idea? And ready to eat more. I, I'm pretty sure Michael Crichton already wrote that novel. Oh yeah. Okay. I think it was called The Swarm. Okay. Okay. So yeah, sorry I showed my hand there at the end, but <laughs> no, not at all. No, the swarm is about little uh, uh, nanobots um, that kind of that became super intelligent. So it was a little different. Um, That's totally possible. Uh, I, I'm banking on it. Are you kidding me? Well, thanks for joining us on the news cruise today. Join us for tomorrow's news cruise. Oh, we got news. Something's happening right now that we're going to talk about tomorrow. One thing you can be sure on, there's always more news. There's always something going on, right? Is that a we didn't start the fire moment? <laughs> so how, what, what question are we on in the getting to know your podcast partner? I might have started the fire. <laughs> Sorry, I gotta, I gotta pull it up here. Uh.
well do you know your partner? Getting to know your partner. How well do you really know your podcast partner? What question are we on? Question 17. Ready for it? Ready. Who is someone your podcast partner considers to be a mentor or who has been a strong positive influence on their professional development? Oh, man. I'm sure you, uh, hmm. I can't answer this for you. I can answer it for myself pretty well. Okay. Um, so why don't you go ahead and just, just, uh, okay. Do you, I, I don't have a mentor. In fact, I, (laughs) I have a distinct lack of mentorship in my life. Uh, starting from a young age uh, and, and it's gone into my life I don't know what it is I think it's my it's part of my challenge is to figure stuff out without without somebody there to like especially my career I don't know <laughs> let me ask you this who would you say is your podcasting mentor oh it's you <laughs> that was a softball <laughs> Right. Oh, this on this my new career. Yeah. It's me and and Luke and Andrew, right? Like a guiding light. Yeah. Yeah, part of what got me out of my my data-driven funk this morning was I went back and listened to a TBTL from 2008. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> and I heard Luke making the same mistakes we're making. So <laughs> So I feel like 12 years on, this thing's really going to, really going to catch stride. Really going to pop. So hang in there. One magical mission. I agree. I can't wait. Please do tell me who has been a mentor in your, did it specifically say your professional life? It, 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 it said mentor and then, and then also who has been a positive influence in your professional development. I'm obviously, of course, with you. Uh, Luke and Andrew are my podcasting from tbtl.net are my podcasting uh, mentors. Um, Also, Mike, you know, who is my podcasting daddy and introduced me to them. Uh, He he was also a strong influence on me. But uh, also uh, in New York, uh, I had the opportunity to become really good friends with a couple of musicians who were also kind of my favorite musicians. They were both Milton uh, and Alex Battles. Um, and that was really cool. Uh, it was fun to be able to like, to sit and learn guitar from, you know, the guy who you love to go to go see play shows in your neighborhood. That's how you met Alex. He was just like a guy you caught at a show. And then, you yeah, I'm, I met Alex because he became a super fan. I went to, uh, yeah, I went because I went to the Brooklyn Country Music Festival, which he he put that together. And I bought a T-shirt from him and I said, oh, you know, this T-shirt's going to make make my brother the coolest kid in Austin, uh, you know, 
and then we then we got to talking uh, and he actually was dating a friend of mine so there was a little bit of acquaintanceship in there too okay. but but uh but really yeah it, when it started out yeah it was very much like like a mentorship sort of thing and and then milton i remember we had gone to a bunch of milton shows we were milton super fans and then when i got when i booked my first big poetry reading at the uh at the soft school press bookstore in downtown brooklyn i had my first big feature reading there um, i read uh on a bill with matthew Rohr, um who's a big deal guy there in new york and uh, I invited everybody that I knew and everybody whose email I had, I invited. And one of them was Milton. And Milton said, oh, sure, man, you know, I'd love to stop by. And that was just the coolest thing in the world for me. Mm. Um, that was like, I was on top of the world that day for a lot of reasons. But one of them was that Milton was there. And, you know, we wound up becoming really good friends with Milton. Now he lives in my old apartment in Brooklyn. And that's fun, too. Um, so there's that. Uh, That's interesting. I've I had poetry mentors too. Daniel Nestor and Shanna Compton and Marion Wren were all important uh, poetry mentors to me. Brendan Lorber was an important poetry mentor. Um, That's interesting, and I'm not just saying that to try to convince the listeners. <laughs> and then uh, bartending mentors too. Um, one of my, like, kind of my whole bartending career, uh, I modeled uh, after a guy named Mark who worked at the Abbey in Brooklyn. Uh, I was a big fan of his. Um, and then this bartender who worked at Warren's Inn way back in the day in downtown Houston, there was a guy who, the guy who kind of ran the bar back then was a super nice dude super classy like you know kind of classic bartender like you could order a, a harvey wallbanger from him and he would make it you know and just and you know the he didn't have to he, look it up he didn't have to uh, look he, it up. No, he did not have to look it up uh <laughs> he would be like oh that's galliano right and you know and at the at the time that we would have been going there we were like 20 21 we were knuckleheads and we were ordering harvey wallbangers and i can only imagine how horribly we were tipping but he always treated us, you know, like, like adults, even though we didn't really deserve it. So it was definitely an, an important thing. That was an important bar lesson to learn that you kind of have to, you know, it's, it's not, always, not always an easy thing to do behind the bar is, you know, treat somebody with respect who obviously doesn't really deserve it. Um, but it's something that if you can learn to do, it's a very good quality for a bartender to have. Um, it's good to have good mentors. Absolutely. I feel like I've had to learn everything on my own. And so I feel like I'm about 10 years behind in figuring stuff out in the world. Yeah. <laughs> if, somebody know, just showed, if somebody had just showed me some things, uh, when I was younger, but maybe I wouldn't listen, you know? So there's that. Yeah. And I'm sure there's uh, something to that. Also, you know, I think like we talked before, you know, you and I have young parents and like those young parents, they remember what it was like to, you know, have their 
their parents always, you know, nagging it about stuff and they didn't want to do that, you know, with us. So I think there's a little bit of that too. They're like, you know, oh, I don't want to, first of all, they, you know, our, our parents in their twenties are like, I don't know anything yet. I'm still learning myself, but also they remember, you know, they were teenagers just less than 10 years before. So they're like, God, I remember when my dad was trying to tell me everything and, you know, I wanted to just, you know, try to live my life. So I think that they tried to, uh, tried to do that with us too. And so I cannot imagine starting parenting in your time. That's <laughs> yeah, crazy. And it's crazy. It's crazy. I, I certainly wasn't fit for it. I was barely fit for it at 35. <laughs> Next question. Getting to know your podcast partner. Uh, one more thing, though, about also in my recent life, uh, when I've been running my own business, my actually my little brother has been a mentor to me um, just because he's really yeah, smart yeah. numbers and business stuff. So that's that's been kind of that's kind of something that's flipped on his head because he's he's 10 years younger than me but he's just he's smart in ways that i'm just not so uh so yeah lots of lots of mentors he's got his head screwed on straight always has i think uh for me like it helps to just always be be able to admit you don't know what you don't know and then that allows for those those mentorships to come in um next question how did your podcast partner spend their summers as a child? Uh, <laughs> I'm guessing, I'm going to guess for you, because I think it's probably very similar to me. You spent probably spent a lot of summers with grandma and grandpa, right? Yeah. Yeah. Grandma and grandpa and watching TV. Oh, man. That was, that was the only time I got to watch TV, too. So... I, I, there was there was also some time when we went to uh, like a babysitter's house. My sister was telling me about this, Miss Shirley, and I, I didn't remember exactly who she was. And she spent more time there because I was already in elementary school. Uh, like she was with Miss Shirley when uh, <laughs> when I was in school. Anyway. Uh, I was asking her about, I was like, where was the place where we used to watch Rhinestone on VHS like, uh, like every other day? <laughs> I was like, oh, that was it, Miss Shirley. <laughs> you know, Rhinestone, uh, Dolly Parton, uh, Sylvester Stallone movie. I definitely do. Yeah, I definitely remember that one. Like she had a, she had a VHS player and like some tapes. <laughs> and I remember that was one of them. Um, and I, I, what this, what immediately springs to mind is, you know, my wife and I both work. And so working two working parents that don't have grandparents living in town have to figure out something for the kids to do in the summer. And so we, we generally do all these camps, you know, be week long camps and it's not like sleepover camps, but stuff in town, Isabel did theater camp, uh, mixed media art camp this outside camp called uh, Camp Firefly or something or something with fire. Anyway, just, just like so much stuff during the summer that they do. And, there's, and it's so, they're so busy. I, it, compared to my summers, 
it's 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 so very different. My summers were just idle. And yeah. They get to do all these things and exposed to all these things, but I'm not saying I'm not making a value judgment on those either. Like sometimes I feel like their lives are way over programmed and they they're they're sort of in the state where it, it, they have to be directed to have fun and play. Yeah. In, in a way that we weren't uh of course you you your young days were in Houston which to me seems a little more dynamic than growing up in Lubbock. Yeah, uh, there was a lot of fun to be had there. Uh, but I spent, I, summers, I would spend, actually my mom was really good about usually enrolling me in some sort of sports camp, uh, generally at Trinity University in San Antonio. So I would like, you know, work on my tennis game or work on my soccer game, whatever. Um, in in like a real in-depth camp and that was always kind of cool but but the but what i remember best is down in edinburgh edinburgh texas and mcallen texas way down in south texas with my mother's parents and they had cable and i would be down there and i didn't know anybody you know and it would just be me um so i would you know i would go down to the pool you know, by myself and swim or just like shoot basketball, uh, free throws for hours, you know, just by myself. Uh, and that was fine. Uh, or I would just watch HBO all damn day. And back at that time, HBO did really amazing Wimbledon coverage. So man, as a young man, I would watch the shit out of Wimbledon and I would, <laughs> I would like blow adults minds with my knowledge of the contemporary game of tennis. Uh, could, and it would be because Wimbledon did this great coverage uh, with like all of these like real in-depth looks at the players and interviews and stuff. And then of course showing the games as well. And I was just, I was way into that. So that was I, a- I see a, I see a prequel podcast forming. <laughs> Young Shafee's summer with Wimbledon. <laughs> we, could, uh, magic of HBO. we could do a Wimbledon spinoff podcast. I would be way into that. Cover uh, cover the Fortnite on our own. That would that would excite me a great deal. But yeah, and then yeah, I just remember and down there, uh down there in the valley, you know, the, the summers are so hot. Uh, but, you know, when you're a kid, you enjoy that. And I, I'd be running around in July and August in just the, the uh, heat that just held you in its, in its arms. And uh, my grandparents always had a dog, so I'd take the dog on long walks, and that was fun, too. That sounds horrible. Yep. That was a good, good question. Summers as a child. Oh yeah. What question are we on? I feel like we, I feel like we should save them. I you know I was gonna suggest the same thing. Maybe we uh, yeah. maybe we save save these for another time. Yeah. Not the worst. Well, we gotta think about how we're gonna pump up the positivity here. Do you have any- As you go, think about 
positive stories, positive angles, harnessing the power of positivity. I think when I was younger, I really held myself back by not focusing on the positive. Uh, and it really, when I met my wife, uh, I, she's a very positive person and she has helped me really turn that around. I still struggle with it. <laughs> Data-driven doldrums can creep up on you, but Scott, uh, it's just what you focus on, right? Uh, I think if we keep focusing on comfort I think that will never steer us wrong and if we focus on of course community also uh, welcome you know listener Rachel out uh, Rachel Todd out in uh, LA it's great to see you um, and, and see that you're uh, you're hanging out and becoming a part of this can you actually see them part of one magical nation uh, these are people who have gotten back to me like ah. hit me up via by a Facebook messenger and said, hey, you know, I like this, or I like, or I'm gonna tune in. Uh, our old friend Alex in New York, uh, Christine in Houston. Um, you Devin, I think Devin's in Chicago, not sure. Rachel is up in uh, New York. Wait, Devin, is that Brian and Tiffany's? No, no, different, different, different Devin. Adriana down in Mexico, down in old Mexico. Um, she hasn't, I think she hasn't hopped on yet or, uh, or uh, it would have popped up in our analytics, but uh, she did, she did say she will be joining one magical nation at some point. Let's just flip this over here. We're reloading. Drum roll, please. Oh. 198 all-time downloads. Should we just stay on the line until we get that set? <laughs> How close we got. Uh, I'm going to just like fire off some quick, fire off some quick uh, Facebook messages to be like, come on. Two more downloads. Two more downloads. I invited, uh, I invited Kurt Butterfield. I hope he joins us. Stephanie Cassard, now Stephanie Wilson, uh, my man Akuna. Wait, are you just listing people that you've invited but you haven't heard back from? <laughs> All right, I'm talking. I'm talking about talking about that community. Listen, we love you all. Thanks, Thanks for you. Thanks for sticking with us. Get at us, feedback at magicalhour.com. If there's anything you'd like to hear more of, if there's any bit of news in your neighborhood, let us know. We'll have with it. We're running out of quiz questions. Maybe you have some questions of your own about what's going on in this podcast. Questions, I will ask them, I will ask them of Matthew. Oi, just remember. The poor of the choices. The sweet of the vine.